This is the Advanced Selling Podcast 2006 presented by Caskey Achievement Strategies. Okay, okay, we got about uh, fifteen minutes to talk about uh, what we're going to be on the what's going to be on the show. You Eat. just got back from England, so I'm wondering: is there anything over there that you found out uh, profound insights like you usually bring back from England? Fish and chips are really good. Greasy. <laughs> it was so good. No, it was interesting. Um, warm beer. Did you have had, any warm beer? I did have some warm beer, and you have to pretend to like it. <laughs> Oh yeah, this is a pub. I this is the best beer oh, I ever Mr. had. Mr. Client, yes. can I have a round of the round, please? <laughs> yeah, but it was it was. And you gotta, I forgot about that. That it wasn't cold, and it wasn't cold. But you just kind of suck it. But down. it's more than room temperature. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a little cold, a little cool. Yeah, but that was that was a little different. No, what was interesting was uh, the client that I was at. They've got um, a sales force of four people in the UK, and then they've got people in Italy, France, uh, Germany, and Spain. And I was really apprehensive going over there because I didn't think that the kinds of problems that our clients have here would translate. I thought there'd be problems with culture and differences, and there's not at all. So what I'm learning, mean. yeah, I'm learning about, and this is, I guess, more of an observation than anything, that, that the whole sales function, the whole sales process is really the same between two human beings. It doesn't matter what what industry you're in, you know, because we get resistance here about, well, my, you know, my business is different. Yeah. My industry is different. This, this part of the country is different. Yeah. yeah you're in yeah, a we, totally different country. Yeah. I had a guy um, in another client when we very first started working together. He works in New York, the boroughs, the Manhattan, you know, Bronx. You know, let me tell you something. I've been through a lot of this training. None of this stuff works in New York. I'm mm-hmm. like, good enough. Fair enough. Now he's one of the best students. Yeah. So the myth of my business is different, the myth of, well, our transactions are different, our customers are different. For me, when I did this with them, Spain, Germany, France, and I heard their sessions, it could have been any company that we have here in the United States. So anyone that I think that's resistant to training or thinks that theirs is unique, I I think has really, really got their eyes closed. So so maybe on this podcast, we talk a little bit about human nature and how the, the sales process in a business-to-business or business-to-consumer, but, of course, we work in business-to-business mainly, right. the, the human transaction is the same. You have a, a prospect and you have a seller or you have a, you have a client and you have a seller. Yep. Let's, maybe we can get into the human, tra- the human side of that, the human transaction. Say that again, human transaction. The human transaction. Ooh, say it again. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> the transaction de la human. Oh, the so what, are, so what are they? Steamy. Let's say there's, uh, what are the it five... Is- five common themes regardless of where in the world you are where in the world yeah. that lower is yeah good uh, um, common themes of human the human transaction between buyer and seller right i wrote down here yeah people are people mm-hmm. that starts there yeah so what are those things let me think i, I got one here okay. and we can get into this later but okay. this idea of um people need to feel safe they, uh-huh. they the, the the seller's goal is to create an environment of safety with the prospect whether they're spanish french indian um and and that really does transcend cultures yep um now i think that some cultures are even more conscious of that you know like the japanese there's a way and way not to do things Mm -hmm. Uh, whereas here in the u.s i think we just pretty much blow past some of those sensitivities but Mm -hmm. uh but still it's it's a matter of are you keeping the prospect safe that would be one one part of the human transaction that's transcendable Mm-hmm. And it seemed like on that note, even in Europe, that still buyers are so inundated with calls and um, solicitations that they naturally, they, they all have natural barriers Defenses, immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wrote down, and maybe this is sort of the same thing. Fundamentally, I, I, I am getting more and more in tune with the fact that flat out people today anymore 
don't want to be sold. Nobody wants to be sold anything. That whole concept of yeah. you sold me on your idea, I feel, is really gone. What people really want is they want help. They want people that's, that's going to make their life easier and better off. Mm-hmm. And it's that simple. If 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 we, whether you're in Timbuktu or Timbuktu, you sit down and you say, look, I'm my intent here, and we talk about this a lot, is very simple. It's just to help. That's all it is. That came up in training um, up in Chicago uh, Monday night. I've been training this group now for, oh, it's been since March, so what, five months or six mm-hmm. months? And we still, when we're going through this deal, we were working on this deal, I said to the group, what's your intent with this person? And about 90% of the group said, we're trying to get him to take this promotion. And I was like, ah, that's my problem. That's a training problem, right? Mm-hmm. One person says, raise her hand real quietly. She says, to help her? <laughs> Say that again, a little louder, honey. No, but really, I mean, she she was she's a really good student, but um, that, it's that simple. You, yeah. We don't need to complicate it. It's very simple. Well, that's uh, that's interesting because I had a uh, talk yesterday with uh, one of our clients who's going into a large a large national soda company, mm-hmm. who um, where the they, they've been working with them for several years. Everything's going well, but all of a sudden now the soda company is getting pressure from their management to go out and bid this deal. Uh-huh. And so all this great work they've done, and they really are doing a great job with this company, sort of goes out the window to what's your price. And mm-hmm. it's one of those e-bid auctions, those, oh. uh, those kind of crazy things. And that's exactly what I coached her to do was say, you have to, it's up to you. It, regardless of whether they have good intent or not, mm-hmm. you have to keep high intent. And mm-hmm. when you keep high intent, you can say anything, you can take any action. So we worked on... How does she express that? Because I, I think having good intent is one thing, but I think you do have to talk about it. You have to say to the prospect, look, before we start today, let me share with you where I'm coming from on yeah. this. And here's where my heart is. Uh, and my goal is to help you uh, make your systems better, make your procedures better. Uh, my goal is not to lower the price mm-hmm. because I can lower the price. I can back out stuff that's not going to help you in the long run. My goal is to start to, is to help you grow the relationship and, and be even better as a supplier. Uh, if you're going to tell me, though that this is going to get down to price only i can tell you right now we probably should end it yep yep, we we should probably find a way to gracefully disentangle ourselves because what she sells them is very entangling the Mm -hmm. idea that they're going to just up and switch suppliers like that's going to be real difficult so but you have to i think we need to tell our our listeners that um that intent needs to be out there in some way in a verbal in a verbatim fashion yeah that's its, that's its own little show there. Um, it's it's stating, and I, I even I think we should think about putting that in, in our training a little more definitively because we talk a lot about intent, about having it. What you said, yeah. maybe a little less we talk about is stating it, yeah. and that's when it becomes real. Because just because you have it, the person doesn't know it. No, that's they, true. They may not pick up on it. That's true. That's really good. State your intent. But you have that's to good. have it before you can state it. Correct. You, all, you have to do both. Yep. Yeah. Um, Another thing that you, you it came up a little bit there that we were talking about you know, just five things that are fundamentally the same in any sales situation. I don't know if this goes, but I, I sense it everywhere I go. There seems to be in, in a lot of salespeople, uh, especially ones that, that haven't been um, real formally trained, and even, I guess even some that are now that I sit here and think about it, is this fear of loss, this fear to take what they perceive to be a risky move in the sales transaction for fear of losing the deal. And the interesting part is they fear they're going to lose it before they ever have it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I see lots of people operating around when we, even when we suggest some of the things that are stretches for people that they can't, they can't pull off. And I go, what are you afraid of? Well, what, what if they do say no? You know, yeah. tragedy. Yeah. Got but they didn't have a yes anyway. No. It's not like they're losing a no. client. They're just no. losing the hope of a client. Yeah. 
Um, and that, that seems to be getting, getting, helping people get over that fear of loss of something that they don't already have to me is a real stretch. So what do you tell them? What's your advice there? That, that to me, we, we go back to the, some of the fundamental things we teach. We, we, we go back to, in the very beginning, we talk about embracing this concept of, of believing that the market is an abundant place and that no matter what happens, in the end, you're going to be okay as a human being. If you, lose an, if you lose a customer you don't have, or even in your situation, if I lost an account, if I was calling on one of the big soda companies, um, and, and they went away, they, they went away. I mean, what, you know, life's not going to end because of that. Uh, I you sometimes use the severe analogy. I said, okay, what if the CEO tomorrow comes in and decides he or she doesn't need a sales force anymore and fires all of you tomorrow? What happens the day after? And they all just, what they say? They go they get go a job. job. They go find another yeah. job. They go do something else. And they all would. And so that kind of t- relieves some of that pressure of mm-hmm. each of those individual situations and allows you to act freely and objectively. Mm-hmm. And then you can do the things that you're talking about, which is now I'm free to go in and say, my real intent here is just to help you. And if helping you is all it is is dropping my pants and lowering my price, it, it doesn't feel right to me. Yikes. Not going to do it. Yikes. Yeah. The, the, the drop clean that up. <laughs> we won't say that. We'll edit that out. So, but. There's also. Uh, <laughs> I feel like we're in a fishbowl in my office there, for the listener. Yeah, there's a big uh, window here, and people are looking and smiling like we're on the radio. But the belief is, like like you were saying, that if I go in and I, I feel this risk, this taking of a risk is going to result in me losing the opportunity. Yeah. That implies then that clutching is better than detaching. Yeah. That, that if I clutch on and I sell a little bit harder and I can persuade a little bit more savvier or whatever, that I'm going to get the business. And if I detach, I'm going to lose the business, which I find is exactly the opposite. So it's that ultimate paradox of by letting it go and by admitting up front that this may not be a fit and revealing your intent, I think it helps you attract more business. Yeah. But that's not the way we're wired. We're wired to clutch mm-hmm. and hang on. Yeah. And we've been taught that. So Have you been reading your thesaurus again? <laughs> clutch? <laughs> I mean, that, that's. I a, bought a new clutch the other day <laughs> with my parasol. We've got disentangle, which I love. We have clutching, and we have the ultimate paradox. I mean, we've got book titles all over the place here today. <laughs> the truth about clutching by Bill Kasky. You should have taken the thesaurus with you on your trip to England. <laughs> it's really like good. Nine hours in the plane. That's great, though. That's so true. That's that is absolutely, and it's counterintuitive to everyone's it's talk. Counterintuitive. Yep. Yeah. We think, oh, we got to hang on to it when you open your hand up. Let it go. Stuff can flow in and out. So, so what else? Uh, what else did you uh, get over there that we might talk safe, about? Don't want to be sold. Fear of loss. You, you, Here, you, this is another ahead. little comment. Um, this is more about salespeople in general. You took my thought away, but go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> you want to go back? <laughs> go ahead. Now I took your thought gonna, away. So. Yeah. Now I'm looking staring at a blank page. <laughs> Deep thoughts by Jack by Brian Neal. Do you know the Oprah rule? No, what is that? The Oprah rule is whenever she has someone on her show, yeah. she never talks to, like if they go out to dinner the night before, yeah. they never talk about what they're going to talk about on the show because she doesn't want it to be the second time out of their brain. She wants oh. to, not that I'm a huge fan of Oprah, but I, I do respect her technique. I'm a big and, fan. Yeah. she's. Uh, but she says, I, we never talk. I hmm. saw that on our show the other day. Interesting. Went home at four, later, you know, took a little nap, and when I woke <laughs> up, she was on. She was there. Ta-da. Anyway, go ahead. Let's see. The other thing I, I, I think that fundamentally I find with salespeople, and maybe it's just because they're our clients and they're investing in making themselves better, but by and large, salespeople deep down inside, they, they have a strong desire to get better and to improve, and they really do want to find a different way to do what they're doing. I feel a lot of them don't know that there's a different way, yeah. and so they go through this exercise of 
trying to convince, persuade, come work with me. Here's why we're great and wonderful. Let me tell you how great we are and all this stuff. And, and, and then to, to do this closing bit at the end, a guy did that in class the other day and I almost puked because it just sounds so fake and sterile. And I asked the group, I'm like, does that sound real? I'm like, no. But they but all they do don't, it. No, they but all they do, do it. it and they don't else. know. Exactly. Yeah. They just don't know another way. And it's almost like they they won't let go of sales 101. Well, you have to close. I mean, that's sales 101. That's basic. Yeah. That's basic stuff you got to close. Why? ABC. You don't always, always be, be closing. closing. Yeah. Always be closing. We, we, we used to say back at my, I worked for a major consumer products company. <laughs> kind of like <laughs> a major soda company. <laughs> right. And they used to say TLC, timing, location, and cases. Let's bring in 50,000 cases on Tuesday, March 8th, and we'll put them right over there in the corner. Does that sound agreeable to you, TLC, sir? TLC, timing, location, cases. Would Tuesday or Thursday be better? <laughs> we should do a show of the worst. The worst closing? Worst. Yeah. yeah. Oh, if I could show you a way, it yeah. has to be up there. So what you're saying, Bill, is get them nodding. you got to get them mm-hmm. saying yes. Mm-hmm. Get them saying yes. Would you disagree? Would you like to raise your revenues? Would you agree with that? That would be a fair statement. Would, oh, you would. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> well, good. Well, what I have for yeah, you. Yeah, here today, let me let me tell you how we yeah, help companies raise revenues. Let me tell you how great we are. So you're saying that the the the, general. the wired uh, we're off closing moves now. The <laughs> how we're wired to sell it gets in the way. But if we're going to take that out, if we're going to take out this closing move, which I totally agree. Another podcast we can do is about. Closing moves I heard at a pharmaceutical company I was uh, at the other day. Yeah. But um, if we're going to take that out, we have to replace it with something. Yeah. We can't just be silent and let the meeting end. I mean, there has to be a – doesn't there have to be some form of commitment there at the end? Yeah. Not I mean, a wouldn't you agree form, but no. a – To me, here's the commitment. This just came up in training yesterday. Someone asked me that question. I feel the best thing you can – and I'm completely okay with people demanding this – is you have to demand or commit to a decision, but you don't have to commit to a yes and where salespeople, I think, go wrong is they ask for yeses. And what I want to teach people to do is I don't care if it's yes or no, but ask for a decision and get real clear on the decision date because yeah. you just need to know. Yeah. If we're going to do this, let's do it. If we're not, let's don't and move on. And I feel that customers especially react really well to that. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, I like that. That's good. But there's no pressure on Zero a yes. Zero pressure on a yes. No, no on a pressure decision. on a yes. Yeah. Just on a decision. Yeah. So get a decision. So that's that's good advice. Get a decision, yes yeah. or no, or a decision to move forward in, in the process. So Because most of our clients and most listeners are business-to-business salespeople. So right. it's not like they're in a one-call close. There's usually three or four calls. So after, yeah. on call number two, you're not going to get a decision to buy or not. You're going to decision get a decision to do we have another meeting? Does it make sense to move forward? Is it appropriate if I come back? If so, what what does that look like? What would you like to have happen then? Yep. I mean, let let the buyer be a part of the process. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. These are all good. This is good. Uh, anything else that you might add? Uh, I told you about fish and chips, right? And warm beer. A couple times. Did yeah, I tell three you about, times. Yeah. But I put away. I didn't tell you about was this thing called warm sponge, which is a warm sponge cake with a uh, custard on it and ch- and you can get chocolate or st- you oh, like that didn't you oh my god <laughs> it was so hard not to sponge cake. not to hire uh it was really hard not to order two of those things it would have been a <laughs> glutton all right well, that's good that's good that gives us a good plan today This has been the Advanced Selling Podcast, presented by Kasky Achievement Strategies, Indianapolis. Join us each time we record a new podcast by going to BillKasky.com or to iTunes.